Welcome! You're listening to Uncommon Sense, and I'm Doug Morgan. It was 1988, and I had been doing radio for about a year or so by that time. And I was tuning in my radio in my car, uh, trying to find different radio stations, just kind of listening for something new or, or uh, you know, some sort of song that maybe I might like. And um, I turned the radio on to hear this guy that I'd never heard before. And the weird thing about it was that he was saying things that I'd never heard anybody say on the radio before. <laughs> and not only that, he was actually saying these things that I believe politically. And, and even above and beyond that, he was saying them in a very entertaining and funny way. <laughs> it, was, it was nothing like anything I'd ever heard, and I desperately wanted to hear more. And, and the person that I heard was named Rush Hudson Limbaugh III. Uh, Limbaugh was born January 12th, 1951 in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, to parents Rush Hudson Limbaugh II, surprise, right, and Mildred Carolyn Limbaugh. He and his younger brother David were born into the Limbaugh family, where his father was a lawyer and a United States fighter pilot uh, who served in the China-Burma in, uh, India theater of World War II. So, I mean, it would have been really interesting to, to be around the Limbaugh house and uh, hear some of those, those stories if, if he was one to uh, relay them. Uh, the name Rush uh, was originally chosen uh, for his grandfather, who uh, it, was, it was to honor a, um, the maiden name of a family member, Edna Rush. And in 1969, Limbaugh graduated from Cape Girardeau Central High School and during this time, at age 16, he worked his first radio job at KGMO, a local radio station in Cape Girardeau. And he used the air name Rusty Sharp, having found Sharp in the telephone book. Uh, because of his parents' desire to see him attend college, he enrolled at uh, Southeastern Missouri State University, but dropped out after about two semesters. His mom would, would later put it that, yeah, he just didn't seem interested in anything except radio. And I can completely understand that. I, I know that there are people that, uh, you know, kids particularly, uh, that when they're, you know, growing up, that they want to be a fireman or they want to be a police officer or they want, you know, all these different things. Uh, when I was growing up, I always wanted to be on the radio. <laughs> that was just, I know it was kind of weird, but, uh, you know, back then we didn't have the electric... Uh, window um, things in the car, electric windows, we would we would actually have the little handles, as some of you uh, know, and, and on the end of the handle was a little thing that you would turn, and I would use that when I was in the car to, to pretend like it was a, a knob that I would uh, turn and, and, and go to a different song, and then I would, you know, uh, say, announce whatever, whatever song that was, and, and I, I just wanted to be a DJ. I loved radio growing up. I would listen to the Portland Trailblazers uh, and, uh, you know, on, on the radio, and I would act out with my Nerf basketball uh, <laughs> attached to the back of my door, um, and, and I, would, I would just, I would fall asleep even. 
when it came to uh, listening to the radio, I would listen to the golden age of, of radio. Um, and, and it was, it was just, radio was, was a big part of what I really enjoyed and it was what I wanted to do when I grew up. And so I can completely understand where Rush is coming from here. <laughs> so, um, so in February of 1971, he dropped out of that college and the 20 uh, year old Limbaugh accepted an offer to DJ at WIXZ, a top 40 station in um, McKinsport, uh, Pennsylvania. And he uh, adopted the air name Bachelor Jeff Christie. <laughs> so back then, of course, they, you know, they used a lot of air names. Uh, by the time that I, that I got onto the radio, uh, that was kind of starting to go out of style. You didn't have to do that. You know, I mean, authors kind of done the same thing. There was a, a long time where, you know, you, you, you wrote under a pen name, you know, and it wasn't really your name. Um, and, and, and air personalities would do the same thing oftentimes, but, um, but by the time that I, that I got there, uh, I used my own name on air. Um, you know, I, I know there was another gal who, who was on uh, the same radio station as me and her name was Misty Webb. And many people thought that that was an air name and it really wasn't. But anyway, uh, yeah, that, he went by bachelor Jeff Christie at that time and uh, worked afternoons before moving to the morning drive. After being let go from there, though, Limbo recalled the general manager telling him that he would never land success as an air personality and suggested a career in radio sales. <laughs> so, man, if that, uh, if, that, if that general manager could, could have seen him today and know just how entirely wrong he was, right? Uh, in 1975, Limbaugh began an afternoon show at the Top 40 station, KUDL. Cuddle, I guess, huh? That would have been what their, their handle. And uh, this was in Kansas City, Missouri. And he soon became the host of a pub public uh, air, uh, affairs talk program that aired on weekend mornings, which allowed him to develop his style and present more controversial ideas. So... Uh, it kind of gave him just a little more freedom uh, than he had just as a normal DJ spinning top 40 hits. Uh, in 1977, he was let go from the station but remained in Kansas City to start an evening show on KFIX. KFIX. The, uh, the stint was short-lived, however, and disagreements with management led to his dismissal just weeks after he started actually. And and Rush would go into a little bit, so, so uh, just a couple times on his show, he, he talked about uh, what they didn't like about it. They, they uh, obviously he was definitely a lot more controversial than they were ready for. And so they would let him go weeks uh, after he started. By this time, Limbaugh had become disillusioned with radio and he felt pressure to pursue a different career. So uh, I know like for myself, I was in radio for about five years and, uh, and I, I had to leave radio just simply because I had a family. <laughs> There's not a lot of money in radio and uh, even, even back then. And so uh, it, it, was, it was something that, that he was disillusioned with. He, he had been let go several times. He was too controversial for them. Uh, some of the things that, that he was saying and doing on the air. And so they let him go. And he was, he was kind of saying to himself, this is not for me, maybe. And he wanted to pursue other things. So in 1979, he accepted a part-time role in group sales for the Kansas City Royals baseball team. 
which developed into a full-time position as director of group sales uh, and special events. I know he even uh, did a little bit of scouting and some other things for them, and uh, was was uh, he 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 was really a part of the, the Kansas City Royals organization and much of what they did. Uh, he said that he hated the corporate atmosphere there, though. Um, his his experience though taught him that uh, what he was not good at is what he <laughs> is what he would say. Uh, he just he didn't like that structure uh, and and uh, and he needed there are just certain people uh, in life and I, you probably know a few that just kind of need to do their own thing and uh, and, and being uh, kind of confined by the corporate structure is just too much for them and uh, and, and it seems like here you know Rush was definitely one of those personalities. Um, in November of 1983, Limbaugh returned to radio at KMBZ AM in Kansas City for a year, and he decided decided to, to drop his on-air moniker uh, at that time uh, and broadcast under his real name. And he, he was fired from there, <laughs> from, from the station, but weeks later he landed a spot at KFBK in Sacramento, California, and that's where things start to look up for Rush. Uh, in July of 1988, after his success in Sacramento caught the attention of a former ABC radio president, uh, Edward McLaughlin, uh, Limbaugh began to um, he, he began a new show uh, at WABC AM in New York City, and this uh, this was definitely the upturn in in his career and where he really starts to understand that that radio was definitely his thing. Rush to excellent tours tours started to uh, happen. He uh, he was getting so popular uh, with this new new show and and being syndicated and all this kind of thing that he did these Rush to excellent tours uh, from 1989 to 1991. Uh, these were uh, almost like concerts, I guess, in many ways, except it was you know, listening to Rush talk. <laughs> and so it was, it was kind of similar to what we saw with President Trump. And, and in, in 1990, he, he literally did like 45 shows in that one year alone. Um, you know, he, he would get up there and was just almost without notes. You know how President Trump would get up there and just speak for, for a few hours without any kind of notes. He would, he would, just, he would just do it out of the passion that he had for the topics and and whatnot, same same thing with Rush here. He would he would just he would speak, uh, and and he would just go from thing to thing to thing, and and it was fascinating, you know, how he would say it and what he was saying, and people flocked to these Rush to excellent tours, and and it obviously helped spur even more interest in the radio show, uh, even to the point where by by 1993. There were these things called rush rooms, <laughs> and because uh, restaurants and, and businesses were trying to capitalize on the success of the syndicated show, it was going all over the U.S. now, and so they would literally set up rooms, you know, their, their little bank, banquet room or or whatever in the back of the restaurant, and they would set up these rooms, and they would call them rush rooms, and you could go and you could uh, spend your lunch listening to Rush Limbaugh. Um, and because they, they would pipe the, the show right into the room and people would, would order food and drink and, and, and listen to the show there. Um, and so these, these became very, very popular in full force by 1993. Um, Rush was also an author. And, and some people know this and, and some people don't. But 
Now, Rush was an author who wrote several books. Um, his first two, I, I've read and owned both. Um, the, the first one was The Way Things Ought to Be. That came out in 1992. And the other one was See, I Told You So in 1993. And both of them are, are, are good reads. I mean, they really are excellent reads. Uh, they are definitely... I would say, you know, dated for the time because he spe- he speaks to certain issues of the day, but uh, but excellent even even today uh, they they would be excellent reads uh, and and really along the lines of of the political uh, bent that he had and and doing so in an excellent uh, entertaining type manner uh, manner and he he actually with both of these uh, he made the New York Times bestsellers list uh, with both of them. And uh, he all, but he also wrote five children's books. They were the Rush Revere series, and I don't know if, if you've seen those, but they compromise. They're, they're compromised of uh, Rush Revere and the Brave Pilgrims, Rush Revere and the First Patriots, Rush Revere and the American Revolution, Rush Revere and the Star Spangled Banner, and Rush Revere and the Presidency. Uh, now these are uh, these are children's books, and, and yet they are they're. They're excellent in that they they follow a time traveling author that that has a talking horse and, and and whatnot. But what they do is they go back, and they 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 go through kind of American history, early American history, and and the 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 characters in these books uh, go through and, and follow along with 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 obviously what really happened in history. And so what it does is it it helps children to understand real history and and I would say that that even you know even if you aren't a child these actually are good books because they will actually even reveal things that you probably never never even thought about or or uh, learned in school whatsoever um, but real things that that help people understand history and and uh, an, an excellent set of books uh, if you can get a hold of, of a copy uh, Limbaugh had a syndicated half-hour television show in 1992 through 1996. Uh, this was produced by Roger Ailes, and the show discussed many of the top di- topics on his radio show. And he was taped in front of an actual live audience, and Rush Limbaugh said that he, he loved doing the radio show, but he really didn't like doing TV. <laughs> so again, it was a, it was a lot more uh, confining, a lot more restrictive. Um, and, and yet, you know, there, you can still see some, some clips of the show today and, and he, he would do it again in his very humorous and entertaining way. And, uh, and, and, and really, you know, it, it was, it was, uh, just an extension of his TV show, what he was doing on, on the radio, he was doing on the TV and, uh, and, and, and like I say, he just, he, he was a radio guy and sometimes, you know, radio guys are just radio guys and, and, and here, you know, you, you, you don't see me doing a vlog, right? <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I'm kind of a radio guy. I'm, I'm, I'm a guy who, you know, um, has a face for radio. So, <laughs> uh, so it, the rush was the same way. And, and, and so the, the TV show did not last a long time though, you know, the short period of time, the four years that, that it was on and, and it was on oftentimes in very late night times and all kinds of stuff. Um, but it, but, uh, uh but it still did actually pretty well with the ratings, even, even though, uh, the, the networks tried to hide it <laughs> so to speak. In, in uh, 2001, Rush announced that over just a few months that he was going totally deaf. And this was an interesting time in the radio show and, and with Rush. Uh, he, did, 
his show uh, with a transcriber, and the transcriber uh, was typing everything that a caller would say, uh, and and that way he could he could follow along because he couldn't hear the callers, and and he would take you know he wouldn't take a ton of callers, he wouldn't take a lot of them, but he would always try to take some, and he couldn't hear them, and and it threatened the very existence of him being able to do radio anymore, obviously, but he was able to to. Uh, problem solve and get around that with this transcriber. And, and in December of that year, uh, he had a cochlear implant uh, in, surgically Im, in, implanted into his, uh, his, it goes into his head, into his skull, and then into his ear. And in 2014, he actually had the other side done. Uh, after a, a bilateral tuning, there was 100% improvement in, in his hearing. And he said, quote, coming from total deafness, it's a miracle. It's miraculous, he would say. Uh, and, and he said, how can you not believe in God? <laughs> I mean, it, it, he, the, the whole idea that this can be done, that somebody could go from total deafness to, to, to hearing, and the technology that it would take, and the wisdom and the, and the knowledge uh, of how to do all that. He said, how, how can you not believe in a God? Uh, in in uh, 2003, Limbaugh had a brief stint as a professional football commentator, believe it or not. Uh, some of us remember that uh, from uh, ESPN. Uh, he only lasted a few weeks, though, on ESPN. <laughs> as he, as he, uh, the ESPN actually caved to the criticism of his hiring, and uh, they jumped on a, a comment that he got a little political with. And, and uh, w- when it came to a black um, quarterback, Donovan McNabb, and uh, so they, they caved in and he had to resign uh, just a few weeks into that. But uh, in 2009, he started, um, he was part of a group, actually, that tried to buy the then St. Louis Rams NFL football team. Uh, the NFL union created a fuss and, and a bunch of others and, and got him kicked out of the group, actually. But, um, you know, I think that was a big disappointment because he really loved his football and, uh, and that was one of his passions. And, uh, and, and I think he would have loved to have uh, been a part owner of a team, uh, but that was not to be. Now, uh, one of the things he would talk about quite often, his dad uh, could not understand why that he wanted to make a career out of radio. Uh, he, he could not see how, how spinning records could actually accomplish anything. And you have to understand, his dad and, and, and much of his family, many of his family were lawyers. They were very much of a lawyer type family. And, and, so, and they felt like they were really accomplishing and doing something and had a lot of success in, in changing things. And here Rush comes along and he's like, I just want it to be on the radio. <laughs> you know? and, and his dad just couldn't understand that. He couldn't understand how that would be, you know, accomplish anything. And Rush lamented that his dad did not live long enough to see his success and see uh, that uh, you know, from, from the radio show what, he, what, what, what had, had been accomplished. Um, and, and, you know, uh, he did, he did experience massive success. I mean, he literally saved AM radio and he probably saved, you know, FM radio too. At the time the show became uh, nationally syndicated, the AM radio was, was against the ropes. I mean, being an AM radio, um, person myself and, and in radio, uh, AM radio, I, I could see firsthand that things were not doing well. Um, FM radio was, was able to, to broadcast in stereo. And so it was a much better format really for music. 
And, you know, they tried to, to make AM radio, you know, come out with stereo type thing, but it was very expensive and the, and the stations couldn't afford things. And you had to have a, you know, a, a special radio to hear that. And that just wasn't going to happen. And AM was struggling to find a way to attract listeners. And talk radio was ultimately the answer, obviously. And Rush was the trailblazer for this to happen. He really was a trailblazer. And when uh, streaming technology took hold, then, you know, listening to music on FM was not as viable there either. And, and, and even, it, you know, it had to turn to talk formats as well in, in many cases. I mean, there's still some, some uh, uh, music radio on FM and whatnot, but uh, for the most part, people listen to their songs and things on, uh, on a streaming ser- service, such as Spotify or, or places like that, where you can, you know, hear this podcast and things. Uh, his show was, uh, was about his opinion, and it was about his opinion, not the opinion of a guest. Uh, before Rush, the thinking in the industry was that people did not care what you the thought, uh, you're the, you, you the host thought. Uh, the thinking was that listeners wanted to hear what the guest or the expert or the caller would say. That was what the thinking was. But Rush almost never had a guest on his show. Uh, but would talk for three hours a day about what he thought and what was interesting to him, uh, except on Fridays. Uh, <laughs> on Fridays, he, he said he would open it up and allow you to bring up the topics. But, you know, this was revolutionary uh, at the time. And this was, I mean, I, I know there's a lot of people now that do this, but this, you have to understand that particularly during this time, this was revolutionary. You, you did not just give your opinion. Nobody really cared is what the thought was. And he showed that this was wrong. And and I, I don't use the word revolutionary lightly, really. Many, many things that we take for granted today would not exist without Rush Limbaugh. You know, much of the alternative media would not exist. It really wouldn't. Rush showed that there was a market for a conservative voice. The podcasts, vlogs, blogs would not exist. Because uh, he, he showed that expressing your opinion was okay. Even if it wasn't politically correct, it was okay. And in 1995, the House of Representatives would not have been controlled by the Republicans for the first time in 40 years if it wasn't for Rush. And they honored him with with uh, with the, the with an award because they knew that people listening could were were understanding what conservative conservatism was about uh, rush gave voice to millions of people that understood the value of conservatism and he showed that conservatism was logical it was reasonable and it was compassionate conservatives could be funny and they could be entertaining and, and, and you could illustrate absurdity by being absurd. You know, we, we, heard, we heard many different ways of Rush describing himself in some ways. Uh, talents on loan from God. And this wasn't, this wasn't a haughty thing. The talent on loan from God was basically saying, I don't have the talent. The talent that I have is not mine. It's God's. Uh, he would say mayor of Realville. He's the mayor of Realville. Uh, he, he, he would, you know, keeping it real. He, he, would, he would come out and, not, and, and cut through uh, all the smoke and, and be the mayor of Realville. Uh, I'm your host, Rush Limbaugh, he'd say, with half my brain tied behind my back, just to make it fair. <laughs> and uh, harmless, lovable little fuzzball is what he would describe himself as. 
and and what he what he wasn't was a phony baloney plastic banana good time rock and roller <laughs> you know he had so many of these phrases that uh that i think uh will live on uh he he uh, obtained many awards including obviously the uh the one that president trump gave him he awarded him the president presidential medal of freedom which is the highest award a u.s citizen can receive and you know that uh, that you're doing something right when you have a, a lot of opposition liberals have tried many shows and uh, show hosts to rival rush and and all were complete failures just to be perfectly honest with you uh, after failing at that they tried several times to take him off the air again failure uh, these compassionate liberals have shown their true colors even uh, at this at this time uh, of his death uh, the the mean, disgusting, uh, awful things that they are saying about him now are, are truly sickening. They really are. And uh, when Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, you know, conservatives uh, gave uh, respectful respects in 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 most cases, and and yet we just don't see that today. Um, you know, but showing j- just how effective and influential Rush really was, uh, the level of venom being spewed now is is just confirmation of his brilliance and um, you know he 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 talks sparingly about his faith over the years but it's but especially in the last year he told everyone of his renewed relationship with Jesus Christ and um, I'm very much looking forward to seeing him in heaven and having a very long conversation with Rush thank you Rush for allowing um, yourself to be used by God and we all are better for it. Thank you for listening.